I speak to you this day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Today's gospel lesson is often interpreted along the lines of a title of a book by John Ortberg. If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. The interpretation often goes like this. Peter had the right idea when he got out of the boat and quite literally stepping out in faith. Peter, like all of us, is invited to step out into the storms of life where Jesus calls to take courage. Jesus calls us to leave the safety of the boat and to come to him. And if we have enough faith in Jesus and keep our focus firmly on him, we won't sink despite all that's going around. If only Peter had not become distracted, if only he kept his eyes on Jesus, he could walk on water. When Peter got anxious and sidetracked from keeping his focus on Jesus, Peter, whose name is Rock, went down like a stone. Jesus wants us to be bold in our faith. Jesus wants us to walk on water, meaning to dream big, to take risks for the gospel. Walking on water has become synonymous even outside the church with the idea of stepping out in boldness, taking a risk. If you do a Google search on walk on water, you'll get links to business consulting firms, fashion companies and projects, all of them proponents of going the extra mile. The, another biblical phrase that has gone mainstream. Walking on water has become a phrase along the lines of thinking outside the box. Early bird catches the worm, and when the going gets tough, tough get going. That sort of fun stuff. But Jesus today wants us to take risks for the sake of the gospel. And no doubt, he wants us to keep our eye focused on him and his mission. He is the one who reminded his followers in Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. The Lord is the one who told fishermen to leave everything to follow him. He is the one who tells us to take up our cross and lose our lives for his sake. And if we have faith in the size of mustard seed, we could say to the mountain, get up and move, and it would. When the resurrected Jesus stepped out of the tomb that first Easter morning, he really outed himself in thinking outside the box. Quite literally, he got out of the box. But no doubt, Jesus is someone who takes risks. Jesus is someone who's bold and outrageous things for the gospel and step out in faith and follow. But is that really what Jesus really wants us to hear in this particular gospel lesson? One thing that's true about Matthew's gospel is that it is interested in community. It is interested in figuring out 
what it means to be the church, the body of Christ in the world, the gathering of people who are trying to follow Christ together. Matthew really isn't interested in great heroes of the faith, singular individuals who go above and beyond. If, like Peter, they go swinging their legs over the side of the boat, leaving the rest of the disciples behind, trying to row and managing the storm, we are likely to see such an individual to take few steps, then plunge beneath the waves and surely to drown, if not for the grace and love and forgiveness of Jesus, who always, always reaches out to save, even when we get confused and fearful and full of doubt. The boat has, from the very early days in the Christian community, has been a symbol of the church. It has been a symbol for um, our family in the Old Testament, the people of God. Think of a ship, a vessel large enough that it takes a number of people doing diverse things to get to move. A ship is a great symbol of the church. No doubt, you're sitting in a building this morning Looks like you're in an upside-down ship. It is not a coincidence. Moving through the waters on a gorgeous day can be simply glorious. God in the Old Testament moved through the deep waters. God in the Old Testament cleansed through the deep waters. Think about um, crossing of the Red Sea, a water that is powerful to destroy. Yet God opened that water to let his people walk through safely. But sometimes life on the ship can get routine. The same chores need doing every day. The wind doesn't always do what we want it to do. A large crew means a variety of people, which means a variety of ideas and personalities. The ship's mission can be jeopardized by those who are tempted to set sail alone. It takes willingness of the whole team to make the ship go. But any problems on the ship have more to do with sailors than with the captain, with a capital C, as in Christ, because the captain has provided the ship. The Lord gives the word and sacraments, the community of us, and even gives us their, our ship to guide them into the ultimate safe harbor. Christians have long treasured this image of the church as a ship, the beautiful but vulnerable, subject to storm and winds and waves. In today's lesson, Jesus makes the disciples those who would follow him get into a boat and head across the sea. The gospel says, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on to the other side. While Jesus is doing this, he is resting a little bit from the pastoral work that he has been doing. He goes up to the mountain to pray. But a storm blows up as storms do in the disciples' lives, and Jesus doesn't wait for them to get to the other side. This is important for us, because when the storm is going on in the story, 
Jesus doesn't say, well, excuse me, but I need to spend some quality time for my self-care. You alone can figure this out. Jesus drops everything and comes to them. The very picture of God that the disciples knew from their scriptures. Psalm 77 says, When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid, and the very deep trembled. Your way was through the sea, your path through the mighty waters, yet your footprints were unseen. In the book of Job, God overcomes the power of chaos, pictured as a stormy sea. It says, God alone stretched out the heavens and trampled the waves of the sea. So it is no wonder that Jesus wouldn't leave his disciples alone in the boat to perish in the storm, but comes to them, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. As a matter of fact, that phrase, it is I, that is used in the lang original language the biblical story was written in, is the same word God uses as his name in the Old Testament. Jesus is not saying, it's me, guys. Recognize who I am. Jesus is saying, I am who I am. I am Yahweh. Take heart. Do not be afraid. God's own presence. But we have Peter, don't we? While we usually skip right to the impetuous, enthusiastic Peter, faithfully thinking outside the box, ever so eager to do what God asks him to do and shies away really quickly, Peter actually does first, says something. Says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. If it is you. If there are only a couple of other times in the Holy Gospel when someone addresses Jesus with if, it's not very pretty. The Satan does it three times to Jesus when he tempts him in the desert. What does he say? Go back to Lent. If you are the Son of God, then make these stones in the bread. Call down special privileges from God and worship me. And when Jesus is hanging on the cross, people mock him, calling out, If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. And here, Peter joins his voice with these, If it is you, Jesus, command me to come to you on the water. But Jesus doesn't chide Peter for being afraid. Of course, you are afraid in the middle of the storm. But why did you doubt? Did you really think I wouldn't come? Did you really think I wouldn't save you? Did you really think when I told you to get into the boat, to go on ahead, I would ever leave you alone? Jesus and Peter get in back into the boat and the wind ceases. And those in the boat worship Jesus, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Matthew's whole gospel ends with the resurrected Jesus appearing to the disciples. The resurrected Christ himself appears where he said he would meet them. And Matthew tells us, when they saw him, they worshipped him, 
but some doubted. Even then, some doubted. Even with the risen Jesus standing right in front of them, they worshipped, but some doubted. But that's not where the story ends. Even still in the midst of their worship, even though to those who doubt, Jesus commands and gives a new promise. Jesus says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, he says, I am with you always to the end of the age. So while we go about our week, our life, however wonderful and hopeful our sermon might be, these storms are the things that we get caught up in. But we know to Sunday, Christ has not left us alone. The one who calms the storms and makes the wind cease is still with us. And he has work for us to do. But it may mean stepping out of the boat in faith. It may mean going it alone. But it may also mean doing it in the context of the community. There are plenty of storms ahead. I know that. And I know that we have come through some together. But Jesus has a promise for us. He will say to us in the midst of the storm, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Amen.